Are you that weirdo that loves a good lady heist? Well, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Check your notes. Oh, Check yeah. Your notes. I guess. Okay. What's my name again? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is our episode after Christmas, and I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird, a podcast where we have cocktails and talk about weird shit. You did it. That's it. That's us. Woo-hoo. Welcome or welcome back, guys. Yeah. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday. Uh, we're in that week between Christmas and New Year's where I don't really know what day it is and I'm like full of cheese and I haven't worn pants in like four days. Same. I love it. I've been like that all year, actually. <laughs> actually, that just sounds, yeah, that sounds like 2020. <laughs> um, well, as you can tell by the title and our intro, we are talking about woman thieves. I'm so excited. Me too. I cannot wait. All right, so let's get to the drink first. Because this is New Year's week, uh, we're just drinking a pretty straightforward champagne cocktail some might call it a french kiss le baiser um some might call it delicious which i happen to it's just champagne and chambord a french raspberry liqueur and garnished with a little raspberries and the the recipe for that or the ingredients in the picture will be up on our social media that drink sounds fantastic and we love champagne around here so we really do. We really do. That's the, I, I, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we've recorded a couple episodes and had a champagne cocktail. One of them didn't even make it because it went so <laughs> off track because that's how much we love champagne. <laughs> champagne is a sneaky bitch. She is tricky. Before we get into our episode, we have a promo to share, right? Yeah, that's right. We have a promo from That's So Fucked Up. It's a true crime comedy podcast. Check it out. That is so fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other fucked up stuff. Like, really, really fucked up stuff. He cut off her nipples, tore out her heart, tied it to a rope, and hung it on the wall. This cult has everything. Magic, rituals, child sacrifice, cloaks, daggers, and even a little arms dealing. The fucking sharks ate Mark under the dinghy. Strangled him to death so violently that he ended up asphyxiating on his own vomit. We're your hosts. I'm Ashley Richards. And I'm Cameron Dexter. Join us every fucked up Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's fucked up. And we are back. Okay, so I'm going first, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. My sources for today are Atlanta newsnow.com um i also read an article on businessinsider.com and history.com today i'm talking about doris Payne. 
Doris Payne grew up in a segregated coal mining town in West Virginia in the 1930s. Her mother was a Cherokee woman and her father was African American. Unfortunately, her father physically abused her mother. This, as you can imagine, had a lasting effect on Doris. Her parents' relationship made her desire and strive for total independence, which she accomplished through stealing jewelry. Oh my goodness. So, Doris, I love you already. I love her already. Um, But it's so interesting that we did two separate stories and two separate women Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, I don't know Doris Payne before this, so I'm very excited to hear this, and I'll shut the fuck up in just a second, but it seems like we have a theme. Women in the early 1900s seeking independence. We do that a lot. We do do that a lot. Because, well, we're, you know, same brain, mind meld. You and know. we are technically working off of a theme, but they usually have more <laughs> parallels than just our main theme. <laughs> Okay, so like I said, I'll shut the fuck up. I'm excited to hear about Doris. Okay, so it's hard to find super accurate dates to go along with Doris's numerous heists, Mm -hmm. but her story is so legendary, I don't really care. Doris (laughs) claims that her first crime occurred after her father's abuse of her mother got even more brutal. Doris took a bus to Pittsburgh, stole a diamond, and fenced it, giving the money to her mother so she could leave her father. She was either 16 or 23 at the time. (laughs) This sparked something in Doris, and her life of crime began. Well, I, you know, full transparency, this might be sparking something within me. Her mode of operation was fabulous. She would dress up and enter a jewelry store acting as if she was a well-off woman, simply there to shop. (gasps) Although racism was rampant, Mm -hmm. obviously, not surprisingly, Mm -hmm. She acted the part so well that no one doubted her wealth. She was also described as beautiful and elegant, which I'm sure won some people over immediately. Mm -hmm. Doris would pretend to shop for jewelry, having the clerk take out numerous items. Then something small would go missing. But no worries, Doris would find it. After this act, which was designed to win over the store clerk's trust... She would swipe the jewelry that she was actually there to steal. Genius. Doris traveled the world stealing jewelry. Milan, Paris, New York, London, Tokyo. From the early 1950s to the mid-70s, Doris used these techniques to steal more than $100,000 worth of jewels. Oh my goodness. Then she upped her game. (laughs) Her biggest get was in Monte Carlo in the late 70s. She stole a Cartier ring with a huge price tag. One of the sources I found said it was worth $500,000. Oh my goodness. Unfortunately, the store immediately alerted police. This ring was, it was too expensive not to notice. Doris was stopped at the airport and somehow this, dare I say, genius woman got the ring's stone out of its setting, threw the setting into the ocean... (laughs) And sewed the stone into her girdle. (gasps) What? All before the police had time to catch her? Well, she was like in their custody. I think that she was awaiting, waiting to be um, interrogated. I believe. Oh my, yeah. You you said dare I say genius. I'm just going to say straight up genius. She is incredible. 
So Doris ended up getting away, and she sold the diamond for around $150,000 in New York. Doris ended up being so well-known at this time that the Jewelers Security Alliance, which is like an industry trade group Uh among jewelry jewelry stores, Mm -hmm. they sent out bulletins warning about her. Uh, she was, she was well known as a thief, which I'm not sure if that shows how good she was or maybe how beautiful she was. Like she was memorable. People remembered her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was th- just thinking, I bet she had a fabulous mug shot. She, I saw one and it was pretty good. Ooh. A few times the law did catch up with Doris, however. She spent some time in prison. I think it was around five years in all. But neither incarceration nor aging seems to slow Doris down. As recently as the early 2000s, Doris was stealing jewels and other expensive items. So I'm just going to list off a few of her early 2000s crimes. Oh my gosh, please. I'm dying. In 2010, Doris stole a Burberry coat in Costa Mesa, California. (laughs) Which I feel like that's like when I lived there. I wish I would have known her. I could have helped her become a thief myself. Maybe. I don't know. In 2013, she stole a $22,000 diamond-encrusted ring in Palm Desert, California. In 2015, she was caught on security cameras putting Christian Dior earrings valued at around $700 in her pocket in Atlanta, Georgia. In 2017, while on probation, Doris was caught shoplifting at Walmart, which I feel like is a mark on her pristine reputation of stealing only the best. Yeah, downgrade. Yeah, but uh, these charges were, they ended up being dropped, I believe. And just to remind everyone, Doris was in her 80s at the time of these <laughs> later thefts. She was not slowing down. <laughs> Which I honestly find is the best thing about Doris. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Doris is still alive. She's 90 now. And oh as far goodness. as I know, she hasn't stolen any jewels this year. But who's to say, honestly? Yeah. I mean, there's still a couple days left. <laughs> she has time. Doris, there is get time. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Doris's life of crime was impressive, not only because she traveled and seemed to be such a skilled thief, but also because I didn't find any acts of violence, which I appreciate maybe more than I should. It was nice to just read about someone who just kind of robbed the rich and whatever. Didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, absolutely. She had dozens of aliases and stole over $2 million in jewels in her lifetime. And like I said, those numbers could be off. It could have been way more. Mm -hmm. Of her spectacular life of crime, Doris Payne has said, I don't regret being a jewel thief. Do I regret being caught? Yes. Oh, she doubled down. Oh, my. Okay, look, I'm not trying to romanticize (laughs) heist, jewelry heist, or um, give... Thieves a green pass or a a pass, Uh, but Doris is badass. Yeah, I. It's hard to dislike her. It's she. She didn't hurt anybody physically. She didn't. I mean, she just swiped jewelry from stores that could totally afford it. Had probably had insurance. Yeah, yeah. On those jewels, anyway. I mean. You talk about a beautiful Robin Hood. I mean, who knows? Maybe she gave to charity. I don't know. We'll just add that in. We'll just add that in. But Um, she did help her mom. So uh, That was a wonderful part of her story. So uh, 
I'm really excited because upon researching Doris Payne, I found that a movie about her life is currently in the works and it will star the gorgeous Tessa Thompson. Oh my goodness. I hope 2020 didn't ruin this project because I would really love to see it. I found it in a few articles. They didn't say that it wasn't happening, but the articles were from before 2020 happened. So, oh my gosh, Tessa Thompson is gorgeous. Yeah, she she's is um, stunning. in Westworld, and she pl- had a character in Westworld. And I, let me tell you, she is en fuego. Yeah, it's the movie will be awesome. There is also a 2013 documentary about Doris Payne's life called The Life and Crimes of Doris Payne. And she also has an autobiography Hmm. out. And um, so there's like a lot out there if you want to learn more about Doris Payne. But I wanted to close with the line that Doris uh, used to close her autobiography with. She said, did I imagine some of this make it up, elaborate it? polish it like a good diamond, make you want to look at it, make you smile, you have to decide. Oh, mysterious to the very (laughs) end of her autobiography. Doris, I'm obsessed. I love it. I love it. So yeah, that's the life of Doris Payne. And like I said, I really hope that movie comes out. We'll have to watch it together. Oh, yes. That was a wonderful, I had never heard of Doris Payne before. I'm sh- I'm sure a lot of people haven't because like we talk about when we do our true crime episodes usually if something is not violent mm-hmm. or super dark it's not heavily mm-hmm. covered. Mhm. But there's so much true crime out there that's not like a traumatizing horrible murder. Right. That's also fascinating because it just shows you how people can take a life experience and shift into living a certain way, which Mm -hmm. I think in both of our stories is you really see like how these women kind of made their own way. Right. When a door closes, a window opens, or so so they say, or you just kick a hole in the wall. Yeah. And Doris was dealing with, I mean, she grew up without a lot. She had violence in her household and she was also dealing with obviously racism. It was hard for a woman and a black woman to... And an indigenous woman. And an indigenous woman to make it. And she just blazed her own way. She really did. Cheers to Doris. Cheers. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Because you are going to get goosebumps of how similar our brains think. Okay. All right, so I am going to talk about Alice Diamond, the Queen of the 40 Elephants. Perfect name. My sources are a St. Mary's University history article, an article from theculturetrip.com, and an article from theguardian.com. And as always, our sources will be listed in our episode descriptions. Born on June 26, 1896, Alice Diamond was one of eight children. Not much is known about her childhood other than her dad, Thomas Diamond, was a small-time criminal and she started her criminal career early. By 18, Alice already had a lengthy record and multiple aliases. Only two years later, she took over the gang 
called the 40 Elephants, named for their territory in London's West End shopping district, known as the Elephant. Oh, interesting. I was hoping that they were circus folk and had a lot of elephants, but it's okay. <laughs> shopping is fine. Getaway elephants? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a good idea. That's what we'll do when we start our crime family. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the 40 elephants were a band of all-female thieves who ran parallel to their male counterpart, the Elephant and Castle Gang. In 1916, at only 20, Alice, a.k.a. Queen of the Elephants, ran the gang with militant precision. Standing at 5'9", diamond ring on every finger which she sometimes used as the most expensive set of brass knuckles ever, Alice Diamond had a fierce presence. Like their leader, the 40 elephants were from working-class backgrounds destined to a life of poverty by the patriarchy. Not unlike the woman's suffragette, the 40 elephants were seeking independence, specifically financial independence. As a way of fighting back against classism, sexism, and virtually no rights in a world run by men, the women turn to crime for freedom. Which is kind of ironic because most of them did some jail time. <laughs> uh, but freedom is relative in this story because the women considered jail time the cost of doing business and all of them always said it was 100% worth going to jail. Yeah. I could see that. Alice, known by police and the newspapers as Diamond Alice. They just did an old switcheroo. Pretty, uh... Well, she has the perfect name. I, really, it is perfect. But And that was her real name. But it is perfect. Diamond Alice created an intricate web of shoplifting rings that operated all over England. Diamond Alice took the 40 elephants to new heights under her leadership. She would have custom garments made with hidden pockets, fake arms, and even entire bags sewn into the inside of the dresses. Most had a satchel made out of alpaca fur that started at the waist and hung down between the legs just below the knees. One woman caught by police had 45 stolen items in her alpaca sack. Jesus! I know. I hope they were small items. <laughs> the women stole jewelry trinkets furs clothes and uh, luxurious fabrics and then they would fence the loot but they didn't fence the loot themselves they would always send it to a fence mm -hmm. the jewelry and trinkets would be sold at street fairs uh the high-end jewelry was sent to a fence um which if you don't know what a fence is is a person who sells stolen goods oh i guess i should have said that that's fine uh, and the clothing would be sent to a shop that would switch out the tags or modify the garment before it was resold. Ooh, so smart. I know. They were good. Real good. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Most stolen goods were transferred to another member before the getaway even started, and sometimes it was a male counterpart to throw off the shop owner or the police. Alice would set up empty suitcases around the nearest train station, and after it was stolen, the loot was put in a suitcase and mailed to a fence, who then sold it. Alice also had a fleet of very fast, for the time, getaway cars she used to outrun the Metropolitan Police, and if she happened to get caught, 
Most of the time, she had already dumped the goods and they had no evidence of theft. Mm-hmm. And if, on a rare occasion, the police performed a raid and found stolen goods, Alice was always able to produce a fake ledger proving the purchase of it all. So smart. So smart. Alice didn't just stick to shoplifting. She was a multifaceted, brilliant, criminal mastermind. Fiercely territorial, Alice would demand a cut from any thief caught stealing on her turf that wasn't in the gang. Alice also knew the more notorious the gang became, the more attention they would get from police, and Alice needed friends in high places. The 40 elephants would target men with position and power in society, seduce them, then blackmail them, sometimes for money and sometimes for favors if any of the members got caught in hot water with the law. Some of the women would use fake references to get a job as a housekeeper for the rich, only to ransack the house after a few weeks of working. I mean, if you're not using fake references, go fuck yourself, because that's my entire life. It's just my <laughs> friends pretending to be my old employer. That Seriously. is my life. <laughs> Seriously. Do you know how many times uh, my siblings and I have said, oh, give them my number, I'll be your boss? <laughs> I will be anybody's boss. If you need a reference out there, I will be anybody's boss, anybody's landlord. <laughs> Email us. Just email us. <laughs> I've got nothing going on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, on the clock, the gang followed a strict code. Rules like no drinking before a raid, early hours to bed, and if a member was arrested, the other others must be prepared to provide an alibi. While Diamond Alice and the 40 Elephants might seem like romantic warriors for women's rights, make no mistake – Alice wasn't Robin Hood. She didn't give to the poor what she stole from the rich. Diamond Alice and the gang used the money to party. <laughs> okay, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> they threw lavish, roaring 20s parties, bought expensive clothes and jewelry, and were known for staying at expensive hotels and racking up enormous tabs at pubs and clubs all over London. Alice called it, quote, putting on the posh. They acted and dressed out of their social status uh, like roaring aristocrat flappers is basically what they acted like but they were really just middle class mm -hmm. shoplifters which you do you you be bougie i love it <laughs> alice's reign lasted nearly a decade but come to but came to an end when her and another member incited a riot against a former gang member <laughs> She was arrested and jailed for 13 months, and by the time she was out, a younger member had taken over the gang. What? By this time, yeah. By this time, Alice was in her 30, which in today's age is 95. <laughs> Seriously, they're like, you are on your deathbed. You're 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. Seeing that the new leader was young and energetic and creative, Alice handed over her crown with pleasure. Oh, okay. However, the gang was never as successful as it was when Diamond Alice was in charge. By the 50s, the clothing style didn't lend to shoplifting bags and fake arms. Uh, so, And also store security became more advanced than it had been in the 20s. And that in combination with low recruiting numbers, the gang slowly died out. Mm -hmm. As for Diamond Alice, the queen of the 40 elephants, she opened a brothel in Lambeth where she was known to give advice to budding 
thieves. <laughs> she died. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? She died at the age of 55 in 1952. She had MS. Alice was once quoted saying to a magistrate, quote, Police forces are set up by governments to stop others getting a share of what they've got. Some might say Alice and the 40 Elephants were nothing more than a hardened, vicious mob out only for themselves. But others might call them sticky-fingered lady gangsters that terrorize the rich with a social purpose. And that, my weird friends, is up for you to decide. I choose the latter. Me too. I am obsessed with our lady thieves. I feel like they both had to fight against social injustice and they did what they had to do. And sometimes you have to make a little noise to be heard. Is that a country song? (laughs) (laughs) That's every country song. (laughs) Totally. I think that they both just, like I said, they both just made their own path. Mm -hmm. They had to. The world wasn't going to give them anything. No. The world wasn't going to give these women anything. So they took it. So they took what they wanted. And it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to feel bad about that. It's kind of hard to feel bad for rich people these days. Yep. There is like a meme circulating that says eat the rich. So <laughs> uh, also diamonds really are a girl's best friend mm-hmm. is the other moral of this story besides <laughs> social justice. <laughs> oh, I love these stories. They were so good. What a good theme. This was it was your idea. I loved it. Loved it. I like to live in a world where these women are best friends. Oh my goodness. Now that's a movie. Oh, speaking of movie, I was gonna say, I forgot to mention, they are they supposedly a production company has the rights. There was a book written written by Brian McDonald. It's called Alice Diamond and the Forty Elephants. Um I did read in another article that a production company bought the rights to this book in 2020. So maybe there might be a Roaring 20 flapper gang of badass women thieves movie Mm -hmm. coming out also. So I feel like 2021 is the year of women. Lady heists. Lady heists. (laughs) You know, you have all these movies about like uh, male heist or heist um led by male criminals but there was actually a ton of ladies trying to make their way in the world and they just don't get enough notoriety is not really the right word but they don't get enough attention attention in my opinion i think a lot of times i i know specifically with like serial killers or murderers that are women I think a lot of times women actually, if they don't get caught, they don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there are a lot of female criminals that are unknowns. Mm -hmm. I think that there's probably more female criminals than people are aware of, too. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it did make me think if I lived in um, the 1920s in London, would I have, would I join the um 40 elephants probably i 100 percent would have just knowing who i was as a teen i 100 percent would have been part of this group i was a terrible child <laughs> you and me both <laughs> i was a horrible teenager i was literally the worst 
Um, so this is uh, our, this episode's coming out. It should come out on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And I love New Year's Eve because I always feel like there's a little magic in new beginnings. Mm-hmm. And New Year's Eve is the ultimate new beginning, right? And um, I, I just feel like now more than ever, we need to trust in the magic of a new beginning. I think uh, it's... Yeah. After la- <laughs> after this year is over, break me all the magic, please. Yeah. And I, I just... I just want to say, so I'm going to go into 2021 with a renewed sense of hope and excitement to see what's next. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust in the magic of this new beginning. And and I just want to say, my family is choosing to not get together on New Year's Eve um, because we think it's the responsible thing to do. And I just hope that um, everyone listening would um you know think about that think about postponing the chance to celebrate new year's eve with a group of people for next year because Mm -hmm. i think it it really does make a difference so i'm doing it if i can do it you can do it um so just be safe and responsible this new year's eve and think about um what other people are going through it and have some empathy for people really affected by covid and how you can help um, stop the spread. Good advice. I just wanted to say that I will step down uh, from my fabulous soapbox. It's bedazzled. <laughs> it is. And I just, to end it, I just want to wish everyone happiness and health in 2021. I agree. I hope everyone, I hope everyone has a very, very safe and New Year's Eve and a happy new year. And I hope that Cassie's magic can just rub off on all of us. Will you rub your magic on us, Cassie? I will. If you mean magic, if you if you mean my titties when you say magic, I will be rubbing in 2021 after we all get the vaccine. I'm rubbing my titties on people. Yes, finally. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we wish everyone a very happy new year and a wonderful 2021. So on that note, Don't forget, love yourself, lock your doors, and light some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Ooh, that was a beautiful one. That's a good omen. I just made that up, but I feel like a good cheers is a good omen. A good cheers is a good omen.